Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Hallelujah. It's always uh, awesome to be able to minister to the home folks at Island Church. For those of you that don't know, I've been to uh, Nicaragua. I was there for about a month and uh, over there helping Pastor Ed and Jenny Cook, which is another uh, group of missionaries that we support. He's about 75. I think he just turned 76, so hope you're not watching, Pastor Ed. But that's how old you are, in case you didn't know. Um, but he had some surgery on his shoulder uh, and uh, was kind of on the IR, injury reserve is what they call that. And uh, so while he was out, I went and kind of helped the church over there. And, and I actually ministered about 30, over 30 times while I was there. And uh, it was, it, everything went well. I ministered in their Bible school on Saturdays. That was three hours. Min uh, on Sunday, we fed the kids. We, we picked up between 60 and 75 kids every Sunday morning. And they have, uh, Brother Summerall had an end time feeding program that God actually birthed in him when he was 75 years old. And uh, that feeding program is still going on today. And Island Church is a part of helping feed kids there in Nicaragua through that feeding program. So uh, they, they don't just feed them junk, they feed them good food, food the, probably the best meal they get all week. Uh, most of the people there, the average income is about maybe $10 a week. So, you know, that, that doesn't go very far at Starbucks or, uh, you know, anywhere else. So, uh, you know, they, they eat beans, they eat rice. Uh, not everybody is as blessed as we are here in Galveston. And, uh, you know, basically the homes that we go and visit are about the size of maybe a little bit smaller than the bathrooms that we have here at Island Church. And there's, uh, I know some of the, the people that go to the church that uh, they're, they're, the grandmother lives there, the grandfather, the father, maybe, and the mother maybe, and, and uh, kids, four or five kids, and then several other grandkids. There's, there's six, eight, maybe 10 people living in a little place about that size, sharing maybe one, sometimes just two beds. And uh, so it's, it is a third world country, but the people love God, and the people deserve to hear the gospel, amen? And uh, we're just so happy that we we're able to go and share the gospel with them and help them grow. Uh, uh, going there is like going back about 30 years spiritually. And uh, the people are just really, you know, starting to pick up on the word of faith. And, uh, uh, you know, since we've been going there, there's actually been a new church that's been added down there. And it was uh, kind of supernatural the way God uh, brought us to that place. And uh, it was actually a piece of land that, that Pastor Eddie Cantu owned and had sold to the city of Didiamba. And uh, uh, Pastor Rusty and myself, and I think possibly Brother Roland, we've, we've walked on that land back 15, 20 years ago. And uh, when, uh, when they went to go look around for a place to do outreach, they went to Barrio Nuevo, it was 18 acres. And uh, the interesting thing about it is they only sold the land to the women because the men were too ornery. They didn't trust the men. They wouldn't, they wouldn't give the men a loan to, to buy a piece of land, even though it was a couple of thousand bucks, because they'd take the money, you know, and run off. So they, it was, that's a sad indictment. But anyway, that the, the, when I was there, the, uh, the barrio has probably, I don't know, maybe three or 400 people living there, and there's a brand new church that Island Church has helped build there. And uh, God's doing great things over there. It's, it's just exciting. Uh, uh, like I said, we, get to, we got to do the feeding program on Sunday morning. That was pretty tedious. I drove the van, which was crazy. 
Uh, we'd go to three or four different barrios and pick up all these kids, and they were all screaming and ready to go. And we, we found some good little Christian Mexican or Hispanic music to play to settle them down a little bit, you know, so they wouldn't be so wound up when we would get there. And, and uh, we'd get them and feed the gospel to them and then feed them, the, feed them a, a good meal and send them home. And uh, then in the, on Sunday evening, I usually preach twice, once at Barrio Nuevo at four, and then at the regular church, it's called Central Christiana, which is Ed and Jenny's church, at 6. So that was just Sunday. And then Monday, I had the day off, supposedly. And, and Tuesday, they had a prayer and fasting day. And it started at 9. We'd show up at the church and pray and fast. You know, how do you fast? You just don't eat. And, <laughs> but they would, we would teach on prayer, and, and uh, we'd hang around till, till 12 o'clock. And they got some praying people down there. Man, it's good to have some praying people. I mean, they can pray heaven and earth together. And, and it was that, that was, I really liked that. That really helped kind of energize the week. And then Wednesday, we were preaching in, uh, in the churches. On Tuesday, I preached on the radio. I got my radio voice, you know. And, but every, every one of these services, I had to have uh, an interpreter, which... Uh, <laughs> an interpreter was 10 bucks a service. So, you know... So, I, you know, obviously, it's what I need to do is learn Spanish. So one day, I'm going to go down there and... I do have a, uh, know somebody that's a Spanish teacher that's real close to my family and really loves me and has patience with me. That's one of the first things the Bible says, and you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and long-suffering. But I do, I really do. I'm, I'm serious about learning Spanish. I'm going to come up here and preach in Spanish one of these days uh, uh, because, uh, you know, I'm not going to learn it for myself. I'm going to learn it for them. And, and the reason why I study the Bible, I mean, sure, I want to know God. I want to uh, be a blessing. I want God to be a blessing in my life, but I want to be a blessing in somebody else's life. When I began to study the Bible for not me, but for people that needed to hear the gospel, the word of God really began to come alive in a greater way for me. So uh, all we are are the jumper cables, and, and we, want to, we want to just be what God, is, you know, help God just be his hands you know, in these different parts of the world. Uh, just bring the gospel. Bring the good news to these. These people need to hear some good news. They, they, they uh, you know, they, you just don't realize uh, how blessed we are here in the United States and how, how blessed we are to live, that we can just walk next door to a store and get just about anything we need. And, and over there, it's just, just not quite the same. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's not real bad, but it could be better. And uh, there, there's a lot of Christian people. There's a lot of missionaries there in the country but uh, we can always use more. And, and God has a plan for that place. And God, God, God's doing good things. And, uh, you know, people are always asking, well, Brother Allen, when are you going back? Well, I'm going to go back when God tells me to go back. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, you know, have, a, have an idea of, you know, you're a missionary. We're going to send you out and we'll see you in two years or four years. That's the way the Assemblies of God used to do. Or we'll see you whenever we, we see you. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And people are called to do that. People are called to uproot and go. And, and right now, you know, I'm, I'm just, I feel like God is sending me on missions. Yes. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that God sent me for 30 days. And, and I knew when I preached the last message in, in the last church on Sunday night, I knew it was like everything just kind of just lifted off of me and I was done. So uh, when am I going to go back? I'm going to go back soon. But I'm going to go back when the Lord tells me to go. And, and I, you know, I, you, you can't be moved by men. You can't be moved by what people, you know. Everybody has an idea of what your ministry is supposed to be like and how it's supposed to be. But I, 
I'm sorry. I've, I've just got to follow God, and I'm going to do what God has is, is, is asked me to do. So there it is. Praise God. And, and, and I'm excited about it. And God has opened good doors for us. And, and, and God has opened good doors. I, I, just don't, I believe I'm not just going to be preaching in, in uh, Nicaragua, but, but all over Latin America. That's where God has called me. Because there are several different places that I've tried to go. I've tried to go to Mexico, and I've tried to go to other. I feel like God had called me to actually Puerto Vallarta at one time. And, and I even was, was buying the ticket, and it just things never came together to do it. And, and you know, it's like Paul, when, when you know, Paul said, uh, you know, should we go to Asia? Should we go to this place? Or go to Bithynia? Or go to this other place? And, and Paul said he, he knew in his, in his heart, just being led by the Spirit. Be, be led by the peace of God. And Paul just knew, he, he knew, and we're not supposed to go there right now. We're not supposed to go here. But then he had a vision. And, and when he had that vision, he had the direction of God. Amen? And, and God raised up a tremendous church in Colossae through, through him, in Philippi, and, and all the different places that he went on that trip. So, you know, God's raising up churches. And, and God's, you know, uh, well, I like what Brother Hagin said, God's raising up local churches that are strong, that know how to flow in the Word and in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we believe we help impart some things about the Holy Ghost. We taught in the Bible school, we taught, we, taught, uh, we actually, uh, in the, in the, in the, on the radio, I taught the book of Acts. We, we just read, went through the book of Acts and just taught line upon line. And, and then in the Bible school, I'm trying to think what I taught in the Bible school. It slipped my mind. In the Bible school, I taught, uh, what was it? One of the gifts of the Spirit. I'll think of it and I'll tell you then. But in the church, we just taught on redemption. So, uh, I mean, we were going 100 miles an hour. Every time we turned around, we were ready to speak, ready to preach. And, you know, like Paul said, you know, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. So, praise the Lord. Uh, open your Bible, if you would, real quick, and I'll preach fast and uh, preach good, though. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Acts chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1, and people say, oh, man, I've heard all this before. Don't think that. We'll give you just a second to find it. Acts chapter 3. Actually, let me look it up here. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says, Now Peter and John went together. That, they say that's the first, one of the first miracles in the book of Acts was two preachers together. <laughs> it says, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask of alms of them that entered into the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask of alms, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength, and he leaping stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, here we see Peter and John are on their way to go pray. Amen. They might have prayed that morning. I, th I, think, I think this is about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They're going, they're going to the prayer meeting. It doesn't say whether or not they prayed that morning. I don't know. They probably did. They're apostles of Jesus. But, but they're just on their way to go pray. And on their way to go pray, they encounter this guy that's been lame from his mother's womb. 
Amen. For the, actually, if you study, he's, he's been lame for 38 years. That's a long time to be lame. That's a long time to be a beggar. And, and, and Peter and John encountered this guy, and something on the inside of Peter rose up. And, and the Bible says he was laid at the gate beautiful. That, that, there are three different gates in the temple. One gate was made out of silver. One was made out of gold. This gate, the, the beautiful gate, was made out of Corinthian bronze. And they said, the historian said it was the most beautiful gate in the whole temple. It took 22 men to open and close this gate. It was incredibly beautiful, but that's what religion is. Religion looks beautiful. Religion looks good. Religion is shiny and polished up, but it has no power to help people that have no power to help themselves. But Peter and John said, they said, silver and gold, have we none? We, they said, we don't have what you're looking for. We don't have what you're begging for, but we got what you need. See, this world thinks that the answer is money. This world thinks that the answer is education. Thank God for those things. Thank God everybody can use a little money. Everybody can use a little better education. Learn a little Spanish, amen? We can all use that, but he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Right? What did he have? He had a revelation of the power that's in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of people that just say the name of Jesus. They use it as a curse word. They use it just, just, just you know, just, they, they have no respect for it. They have no honor for it. And then when, when trouble comes, when, when you get a bad report, when something happens, you, start naming Je you just start saying the name of Jesus, and there doesn't seem like there's any power in it. Listen, we need to honor that name. We need to respect that name. We need to have a revelation of the power that's in the name of Jesus. Here, Peter and John understood what it meant when they used the name of Jesus. They found out, hey, Jesus doesn't have to be here. Jesus has given me right of attorney and there's as much power in this name as there was when Jesus was here on the earth. Amen. And Peter didn't go up to that guy and he said, hey, let me pray for you. Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with praying for somebody that's lame. Ain't nothing wrong with praying for somebody. The Bible says the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. But these guys were just walking along, man, and all of a sudden something on the inside of them said, hey, man, God wants to do something right here, right now. But that was Peter. That was John. Yes, it was. And I know not everybody's going to be used this way. Amen. Uh, not everybody's going to be, gonna be a, an Egan Falk. Not everybody's going to be a Christopher Alum. These guys, man, they, I, I think I, I saw a, a video of, of Brother Christopher had 250 deaf people's ears opened up in one of his campaigns this week. Ooh. 250. Wow. That's exciting, man. That's incredible. But God just might use you just to pray over one person or just to speak the name of Jesus over one person and then see their marriage restored. Then see, see God heal their bank account. See God take care of their children. And it's just, listen, it's power in the name of you. In verse 16, they, they ask, how is it that you were able to do this great miracle? The, 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 the uh, religious people, the people of that day, they got all upset because they saw the impact of this miracle on what happened in that church. It happened in the temple. And the Bible says 5,000 people came to the Lord that day. That's what miracles are for. Miracles are the dinner bell. Now, a notable miracle, listen, can fill this church up in one night. 
a notable miracle. And I believe we're walking, we're getting up, kind of bumping up on the edge of those things, getting ready to happen in this church, and you better be ready. Amen, because you walk in here on Sunday and there's people standing out waiting to come in and, and you're getting here at 8 o'clock or, or 10 o'clock and you don't have no seat, don't get mad. Get happy. Amen, because his name, through faith in his name, Peter said, has made this man whole who you now see. And this was a notable miracle that took place. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, Pastor Rusty, he, he went through several things. He taught on the name of Jesus just a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about how that Jesus received his name through conquest. Uh, I believe over in Colossians chapter 2, the Bible says he, he took off principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. The Bible says that, that Jesus got his name through conquest. Listen, he, he died on the cross and he went to hell. And when, when God uh, justified him, the Bible says God raised him up. And, the, and actually, if you study it, the Bible says that Jesus went and co-cocked the devil. The Bible says he hit him on his cheekbone. I like that. Where's Roy? Hey, man, he gave him a good right, man. And whooped him. And the Bible says he took all those vanquished uh, uh, spirits and all those principalities. And the Bible says he took them on a show. The Bible said he sh made a show of them openly. In other words, he made a parade in downtown heaven saying, look at all these failures. All these, don't let these guys are nothing. They're losers. Don't let them dominate you. You're a believer. You have the name of Jesus. And the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 14, it says that, that with that name, you can, anything that you ask in that name, God will do it for you. That word ask is also the word demand. That doesn't mean you go demand of things of God. Don't, you don't demand anything from God. But you can demand the devil to get out of your child. You can demand the devil to get out of your body. You can demand the devil to get out of your bank account. You can demand the devil to get out of whatever the devil has gotten into in your life. Or what you let him into. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Flip over to the book of Ephesians real quick. We're just going to touch on a few little high points here. And move on. Ephesians chapter 1, the prayer in Ephesians. You ought to be praying that prayer every day. Ephesians chapter 1. Praise God. We're going to, let's just start in verse 19, because I, I could go, all, I could talk about this all night. It says this, it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us that believe? One thing is the name of Jesus. He's given us that name, the same power, the, the same authority. That, that name has authority. Amen. Amen. That, that name, and the Bible says this, it says, and that which is the, uh, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his, notice it's his mighty power, which he wrought, that word wrought means to turn on, which he turned on in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Look at this, far above. How high? Listen, when, when Christ was raised from the dead, when you got born again, you were raised from the dead. You were raised from the dead. Listen, when he came up, you came up with him. 
And it says he was far above. Everybody say far above. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Every name that is named. Listen, the Bible says Jesus is far. He's not just a little bit above it. A lot of people look at the devil and they think, well, you know, here's the devil right here and here's Jesus just a little bit. No, the Bible says he is far above, far above all principality, far above all power, far above all these wicked rulers and all that. And the Bible says you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places where he is, you are. When it comes to authority, you're seated with him. Amen. 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 Praise God. So let me, here's the dilemma. So I, I said the name of Jesus and nothing happened. Anybody ever thought that? I spoke the name of Jesus, it doesn't seem like nothing happened. Well, I'm glad you said that, I'm glad you thought that, because we've all had an experience like that, haven't we? Let, look over in the book of Isaiah. We're just, we're just going to bump around here a little bit, and we're going to catch fire in a minute. Let's see here. Isaiah chapter 52. And this is something that God showed me, man. That, I mean, it's been in the Bible for 2,000 years or longer. <laughs> but uh, I think this will help us. And this is in the New Living Translation. If your Bible doesn't quite read this way, this is, this is verse 6. And this is God speaking. He says, but I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. He's, he said, I will, in other words, there will be an unveiling, there will be a revealing of the name of Jesus. In other words, we're, sure, you're, sure, you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Sure, you've been given the name of Jesus. But, but the thing about it is, is you need to get into the word of God and you're going to need to find out, hey, what is it that makes Jesus' name so powerful? What is, it, what, it, what is the authority behind that name? And, and we don't have the time. to. We, we could preach on this for months of all, of, all the teaching that, that, that talks about the power that's in the name. We're saved in the name of Jesus. We're healed through the name of Jesus. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. There's all kind, everything you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Huh, you could preach on that forever. But... A lot of times we get it, you know, we get our, our yearly or our, our bi-yearly sermon on the name of Jesus, and hey, that was a good word, that's fine. But, but listen, this is something I believe in the days ahead that we need to get a grip and a tighter revelation on the name of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to give it to us. Pray that prayer that's in Ephesians. Pray that, the, the prayer that's in Ephesians chapter 3. Pray those prayers that are in the Bible. Because it says, it says, but I will reveal my name to my people and they will come to know its power. I don't think the church knows the power that's in that name. There's as much power in the name of Jesus, as I said earlier, as there is in Jesus himself when he walked up the shores of Galilee. Don't shout me down now. I'm preaching good. It's hard for us to put our head around that because it has to come by revelation. It, sure, we can teach and we can preach and we can, we can give you information and we can inspire you to go speak the name of Jesus, but you have to know in your heart there has to be a depth 
on the inside of you a depth of, of, of consecration, a depth of revelation that you know, man, when God speaks to you, bless God, we're, we're going we're gonna to lay hands on these, this person and we're going to command whatever this is to go and it's going to go. I was watching a, a video the other day of, of Brother Copeland, and he was, he was talking about when he first went to work for Oil Roberts. And, and uh, uh, he, was a, he was a pilot, and, and Oil Roberts had hired him. And, and uh, they, Oil Roberts flew all over the country, and he did tent crusades, and they had incredible miracles and signs and wonders. And this was uh, uh, Brother Copeland's first time to go with, with Brother Roberts on one of these crusades, and they had what they called the invalid tent. And, and, and uh, Brother Robert said, said uh, uh, Miss Brother Copeland, he said, you're going to take care of the invalid tent. And he's like, oh, okay, praise the Lord. And that's where they brought all the hard cases. The people that couldn't sit in the tent, that they, would, they would bring them in stretchers and bring them in wheelchairs and whatever it is they, apparatus they had, they had to put them in this special tent. And Brother Copeland would take notes on what Brother Roberts uh, spoke. And, and Brother Roberts, after he got done ministering, he'd turn around and go into that invalid tent and, and, but he told Brother Copeland, he said, now I want you to pray. I, you're you're going to lay hands on people tonight? And he's like, it's my first night. And, and so Brother Roberts walked into the tent, and he said he went over there, and he, he grabbed Brother Copeland by the coat, and they walked over, and this lady was laying in this bed. And, and the, the, Brother Copeland was, was like, okay. And he said, okay, Brother Copeland, go ahead and pray. And, and, and he said this woman, was, she weighed about 70, 80 pounds, and she had a big old tumor in her belly like this. She looked like she was pregnant. And she said she, she was just, you know, in the last stages of, of, of stomach cancer. And Brother Copeland said, he, he said, Brother uh, uh, Oral Roberts, he said, he, he was teaching on the point of faith, releasing your faith. And, and Brother Copeland said, when I say the name of Jesus, I'm going to release my faith. And, and I'm going to lay my hands on her. And so Brother Copeland began to pray, and he said, in the name of Jesus. And he put his hand, and he said, behind him, was this booming voice, in the name of Jesus, I curse this cancer that's in this woman. I command you to die and come out of her. And by the God of who I am and who I've served, and he said that woman went and spit that tumor out on the ground and got up healed. And Brother Copeland was like, ah. <laughs> what was the difference? God had revealed to Brother Roberts the power that's in that name of Jesus at a greater level than Brother Copeland had at that point. And listen, there's power in the name of Jesus. There, there's authority in that name. There, there is power enough in the name of Jesus to take crippled legs and cause those crippled legs to be made strong. Glory be to God. Let's don't limit God in our lives. Let's don't limit the, the power that's in the name of Jesus. But let's read on. He says, but I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. Then at last, God's like, at last. Then at last what? They will recognize that I'm the one who speaks to them. Duh. God's saying, at last. Finally, I've been trying to get you to go next door and go pray for that heathen next door and get him. Well, at last, you're, you're listening. God is always speaking. Are we listening? Do we take the time to just settle down, calm down, and let, let God speak on the inside of us? Listen, your Christianity would be so much more fun. Amen? I mean, I, I think about that, man. I, I love going to Nicaragua. I, I love 
listen, I just love going there and just living for Jesus and let those, those young men and those young people see how somebody that lives for Jesus is blessed. I took them all out to eat. I, I, I bought tacos. I, I, took, I took them to resorts. I, man, I mean, they didn't even know how to get in. They got in the swim pool with all their clothes on. I mean, they made some good Pentecostals. But, uh, but what I wanted to do is, I, I, and I wanted them to see me give in every offering. I, I did that purposely. And I sat them down and, and I, I took them out and I fed them good food and I took them to a nice place. And I said, look, you guys have been faithful to these people and you've been faithful to God. And I'm doing this because God wants to reward you. These guys have never been, they've never been 100 miles away from their home. And I took them to some nice place, but why? Just to show them, hey man, Christianity is fun. Christianity is awesome. And I, and I took these guys, I, I, this one pair of guys I took out, oh my God, they're, they're something else. But uh, I, I took them to go eat, and this one guy finally figured out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order what Brother Allen orders, because they never could figure out what to order, you know? So, uh, so this guy, they had some fresh Dorado at this, this seafood restaurant. Man, it was delicious. And, and th this other guy, he ordered something off the menu. I didn't understand what he ordered. And the waiter comes by, and he's got this pot, and he lifts the lid off the pot. And I said, what is that? He ordered beans. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to get out here and, and fix you up a, a decent meal. He ordered a pot of beans. Oh, but they put some cream on it, so... But that's the way we are a lot of times with God. God wants to bless us. God wants to give us his name. He wants to give us good things. And all we order is beans. So I'd throw that in. But realize that it's God that's speaking to us. Now, now look over here in the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus in, uh, let's see, we'll, we'll look here in verse, in chapter 33. Moses was having trouble with his church. They, were, they built an idol, and, and Moses was interceding for him with God. That looks like verse 18 to me. I don't know. Some small print. 33, 18. And it says this, and it says, And Moses said, If you don't personally go up with this, don't make us leave this place. Moses had enough sense to know to have God. He needed God's presence wherever he went. And uh, let's skip on down. It says, uh, For your presence among us set your people and me apart from all the other people of the earth. What makes this church different than every other church? Listen, it's the presence of God. The presence of God. I've been, I've been in some churches, man, that, that were kind of nominal, and the presence of God was in there. Believe it or not. Amen. I don't get much amens on that. But the Bible says God inhabits our praise, man, if we'll, if we'll just praise him. And in the, uh, verse 17, it says, And the Lord replied to Moses, He said, I will indeed do, do what you have asked, for I look favorably upon you. And I know your name. Isn't it good to know that God knows our names? Yes. But now listen, Moses is, ha Moses is in a face-to-face -face conversation with God here. And Moses knows, hey, I'm right here with God. I'm going to ask him for something. And Moses responds and he said, then show me your glory. And the Lord replied, he said, I will make what? My goodness to pass before you. And I will call out my name Jehovah before you. See, a lot of times we focus on, hey, that God's going to allow his goodness 
to pass by. He said what? Show me your glory. And God says, I'm going to allow my goodness. But the other thing he said this is I'm going to shout my name. The glory is in the name. Now look what happens over in 34, chapter 34. In verse 5 it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with them, and he called out his name Yahweh, or, or Jehovah, and the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Jehovah the Lord. I was uh, reading, looking at a book by Marilyn Hickey, and she said everywhere it says Jehovah in the Old Testament, it means the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus was around. So here, I mean, I mean, see this picture. <laughs> I, I, was, I was meditating on this today. It says here, here the Lord came down in the cloud, and he's got Moses tucked away. Moses is in a little cave like this, and man, all of a sudden something goes by. And, and he can't look at God and he can't look God in the face. You know, the Bible says you can't look at, man can't look God in the face and live. And God goes by and his goodness goes by and God's going by shouting, Jehovah, Jehovah. He's shouting that name. And what did Moses ask? Show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you my glory. Here's my name. And Peter and John. In front of the gate, beautiful. They experienced the glory of God that came into that man's legs who had been crippled for 38 years. And, and they could have said, God, show us your glory. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. What did they have? They had a revelation of the name of Jesus. They had a revelation that there was glory. What, what is the glory? The glory is the manifested presence of God. That's what we want here. That's what we need. We don't need Brother Allen. We don't need some, some, some uh, I like what one preacher said, some, you know, rhinestone cowboy preacher. We need God. We need the presence of God in this place. Amen. And it says, it says for, uh, and God, he said, God, uh, Jehovah the Lord, and, and uh, he said, the God of compassion and mercy, I'm slow to anger, I'm filled with unfailing love, I lavish unfailing love to thousand generations, I forgive iniquity and rebellion, and, uh, but I do not excuse the guilty, I lay uh, the sins of the parents upon the children and the grandchildren, and the entire family is affected. Aren't you glad that Jesus, the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus took all that curse upon himself on the cross. And it says, notice, notice here, it says, and the entire family was affected, even the children of the third and fourth generation. And the Bible says, Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. Listen, when God shows up, when God begins to speak, when God was, was actually cutting covenant here with Moses, listen, you didn't have to ask him to come up to the front and get down on his, uh, and, and kneel. God showed up, man. He, he hit the deck. It laid him out. Listen, the Bible says of Moses, he was the most meek man in the earth. What is worship? Worship is humility. Worship is humbling yourself before God and realizing, God, you're awesome, you're huge, you're incredible. And your word is powerful. Amen. Being as we're talking about praise and worship, I, get, I gave you my little flavor of, actually something I heard, but it 
I thought it was awesome. Worship, you know, it, actually the word worship means to, to prostrate yourself. Praise, praise is the action that is reciprocated or given back to something that's happened that's awesome. Think about this. Think about when they hit that ground ball to Altuve in the World Series. I was, I was watching it on my TV in my, my, my apartment in Nicaragua in Spanish. Da, 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 man, it was awesome. I got up and ran around my apartment. Woo! We won the World Series. What if they would have hit that ball to Altuve and everybody in the park just, well, it was in the visitor's park, but everybody that was an Astros fan just sat there. Oh, that was wonderful. That action was worthy of some shouting, even from the losing side. That action was worthy of some jumping up and down, even from the winning side, because we're on the winning side. Amen. That song we sang, that saved me. Amen. I, I love that song. If we give him glory. Glo listen, if we give him glory, he's going to give us glory back. Amen. He, listen, what, what he did, he, he saved me from hell. He, he healed my body. That deserves a reciprocal response from me. And it's not just, oh, praise God. It's because, we, listen, we don't, we don't realize the revelation of what God has brought us out of. That saved me. How does it go? And rescued me. Boy, I needed rescuing. I was a, I was a rescue dog. He, he saved me, rescued me. Just one moment there. Woo, glory. Set me free. Is anybody free in here tonight? Hallelujah. That beats any day. That beats a little, a little horsehide ball getting hit to a guy at second base. I give you glory. Listen, what did we do? We, we gave the Astros glory. We gave them a parade. We, everybody went and got an Astro shirt. We had, I mean, well, that, that's, that's glorifying. There's nothing wrong with that. Hope you didn't get an Astros tattoo. Roland got one. He's got a head, though. <laughs> hey. But look at what that did for the city. Look at what it did for Houston needed that, man. Houston was, was Texas needed it. There's been, been a winner around here in a long time, except you and I. Verse 10 says, the Lord replied, and he said, listen, I'm making covenant with you in the presence of your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nations. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord and the awesome power I will display for you. Hebrews 8.6 says, we have a better covenant established on better promises. Listen, God poured out the power when he brought Israel out of Egypt. But God's getting ready to pull the church off the planet. And I want to tell you, man, when he, he, he is getting ready to pour out his power, 
He wants us to know the power. He wants, he wants to reveal to us the power that's in that name. Listen, speak the name of Jesus. Demand the devil to get his hands off of the things that are trying to bind you up. Speak that name. Don't be, listen, it's God that's speaking to you. It's God that's ministering to you. It's God that's talking to you. Be bold. Ask God for boldness, the boldness of the Holy Ghost. These men, Peter and John, were filled with the Holy Ghost. Me, me and Jeff, just the other day, we, we were out at, at a place uh, over at Texas A&M, actually, and, and this guy was out there, and, 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 and we just got to talking with him, and, and he was a believer. And we got to talking about the Lord. We said, what are you doing out here? We're out, here, out fishing at Texas A&M. And, and the guy said, uh, he said, well, I got colon cancer. You know what I said? I said, just stand there on the pier. We're going to speak to that cancer. In the name of Jesus, we command that cancer to die in your body. In Jesus' name. Listen, you'll never see a miracle if, you don't, if you're not willing to step out and do something. So step out. Be led by the Holy Ghost. It's okay to be a little fanatical every now and then. You know, you're going. But, but listen, trust that name. If something doesn't happen immediately, so what? Jesus said he'll confirm his word with signs and wonders and miracles. All he's called you to be is the jumper cables. Amen. Quit trying to explain. Quit trying to, to give excuses and all this other kind of stuff. Just trust, have faith in that name, and believe that when I command something to happen, it's going to happen. And I want to tell you, God, God is getting ready to expedite this stuff quickly, 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 quickly in Jesus' name. Quickly in Jesus' name. Be ready. Be ready. You'll know in your heart. You'll know in your spirit. Hey, hey, it's it's time to use that name. Listen, value the name of Jesus. Honor the name of Jesus. Realize that that listen, Jesus, he divested himself of everything. The Bible says over in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, the Bible says he 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 divested himself of, of walking on streets of gold, of being with his heavenly father, of being with all the saints and being being with all the angels, and he came down to this filthy, sin-cursed planet. I, I think when we get to heaven, we're gonna worship God at least for a millions of years, just for him willing to do that. And he took upon himself an old filthy, dirty, well, his was holy, but he took on an old body. And everywhere he went, he drove back the curse. And he gave his disciples his name. And they took him and they nailed him to a cross. And his ministry was only three and a half years. But God said, I can use you. It's only three and a half years. Just be obedient. You know, three and a half years, he was obedient. He was obedient to turn the water into wine. He was obedient to feed the 5,000. He was also obedient to go to the cross. The Bible says God highly exalted him and gave him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, listen, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me ask you this tonight. Have you bowed your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ? Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus 
He is the author and the finisher of our faith.